very warm welcome to the Enjoy Holistic interview series with your host, Ian Jones. Today, I would like to welcome to the show my co-host and partner for many years, Mark Chatterton. Over the years, Mark has written several articles for the website and interviewed several of the top names in spirituality and metaphysics, including Eben Alexander, Lorna Byrne, Diane, Diana Cooper, Anthony Peake, and many others. Today, the tables are turned and Mark is going to be interviewed by me particularly about his new book, The Power of Thankfulness. Um, before I welcome Mark on, I just want to give people an insight into Enjoy Holistic. So if you've not been onto the site before, um, Enjoy Holistic was um, founded by myself, uh, particularly to help holistic and spiritual people promote and, and empower themselves. So the platform allows people to post events on there. Um, we're just rolling out the ability to add online virtual events, which is very important um, at the moment. Um, and also you can add yourself in our dedicated practitioner listings as well. So people can come onto the site and find holistic and spiritual people uh, within our listings. And we also have a dedicated uh, directory in the website as well, where you can also add details about your spiritual business as well. So, you know, we really hope that Enjoy Holistic is a, a platform that you enjoy and, um, and do check in to find out uh, amazing interviews um, that we envisage to do this year. Okay, so a very warm welcome to you, Mark. Uh, thank you, Ian. It's really nice to have you on board and to have you uh, being interviewed as well. This is a, a pleasure to be talking to you about your book that you've written. Um, before we discuss your book, um, the Spirit Guide viewers will probably remember you with the interviews that you did. I know this is Enjoy Holistic, um, but many viewers from uh, the Spirit Guides do come on to Enjoy Holistic. Um, you've been absent for many years, and uh, I just wondered, what was the reason for this, Mark? Right. Well, the, the first thing was that in January 2015, I, I had a stroke, which obviously uh, put me out of action for quite a bit. I'll talk about that in a minute because it's relevant to the book. But um, obviously, having a stroke is quite a major life-changing experience, and um, that stopped me doing things for a little while. I'd like to say that I'm more or less fully recovered now. Um, but in the last few years, I have continued to write and I've written a few books, um, not on spirituality, but sort of more general in my other hat on transport. And I've also written a novel, which I'm hoping to get published eventually. Um, but, you know, I've still been writing, still been reading lots of spiritual books and so on. So, you know, I haven't sort of disappeared completely, but I'm now back and raring to go. That's wonderful. I'm really glad that you're in full health, Mark. I know you're going to be discussing this tonight as well. Um, you have a degree in theology from Oxford University. Um, did you choose that subject because you were into a religion at the time? Um, and how has that experience shaped your, your belief system today? Right. Um, well, I, I studied uh, theology at Oxford because it's from a, I was introduced to sort of religion from a very early age. Um, my mother was a Catholic and my father was a Protestant. Um, so obviously they sort of crossed the religious divide. Um, it wasn't really a, a particularly religious household, but um, at the age of seven, um, a major change happened in that I ended up going to become a chorister at Chester Cathedral, following in my father's footsteps and my brother before me. And so I was um, singing at services five days a week during the week and then three times on a Sunday so I was exposed to 
religion in it was at church of england but of the high sort so it was quite catholic orientated as well and um i was a chorister for about four years and had that experience um to, to um take in then i ended up going to secondary school in birkenhead in the 1970s and in 1973 uh, the members of the christian union were taking assembly that week and uh, they were playing various uh, bits of music from sort of contemporary artists at the time like black sabbath wishbone ash and so on and through that i became a christian of the evangelical variety and i was a christian for several years and that led me to studying theology because it's a natural progression and i happened to be going to a sort of like a little house group where I met someone who was actually at Oxford and he sort of said oh why why don't you try going into Oxford at school they weren't that keen on me doing that because you had to do an exam a sort of entrance exam but I persevered and um, sort of proved them wrong if you like and ended up going to Exeter College Oxford Um, some previous people who'd been there included Tolkien and Philip Pullman who you're probably aware of for his uh, dark materials books so you know it was was quite an honor to get there and um, I was there for three years studying theology and in many ways it was perhaps uh, some of my happiest years of my life Um, it was quite a sort of uh, different uh, experience because obviously you were sheltered from the real world being a student anywhere you you're sort of cocooned from what's going on in the world and um, you know, I was I was sort of busy, partly studying, partly involved in Christian activities, and um, the sort of logical step was that I considered going into the church as um, becoming a priest, and I even got accepted for that. But the funny thing was, as soon as I left Oxford, came home, I suddenly felt I don't really believe all this anymore, and um, perhaps it was a crisis of faith or whatever. But um, I decided that for me that wasn't quite the truth that wasn't everything about it so over the next few years or so I, I was sort of looking for different um, ways what what's the meaning of life etc and so on read lots of books and um, you know got into things like uh, UFOs and crop circles and uh, mysteries and so on and um, gradually um, through reading various books I evolved into what I am what I believe I am today with my belief system which is more uh, spirituality and um, some books that have have sort of helped me or influenced me include um, Conversations with God, um, The Celestine Prophecy and Angels in My Hair so uh, readers and uh, viewers will probably be um, quite familiar with those so through that um i've i've read quite a lot and as as ian has mentioned i've interviewed some of these people as well so that's rubbed off on me and um through i've always sort of been interested in writing and and um been doing it for the last 20 years or so and um i've now written this book uh, called the power of thankfulness which i'm going to talk about today thank you for that introduction mark um, where did the idea of the power of thankfulness come from? Obviously, it's a very important time at the moment, a lot of fear going around. Um, one thing I'd like to promote amongst all that fear is more positivity, because um, fear can be a major factor in 
uh, you know, in our health. So, you know, with that in mind, where did the idea of the book come from? Well, the first thing that happened was, um, I, I would say it was the influence of my father. He always used to have this saying, um, count your blessings. And it was quite interesting because he'd uh, lived through the Second World War. He'd actually been a soldier um, towards the end of the war. And he'd, he actually lied about his age so he could join up. And he he um, was fighting in Normandy. He, he came into action about three weeks after the D-Day landings and um, was involved in fighting there. So he must have seen some quite horrific things and um he he got wounded after a few weeks and was had to go back to england and recovered then he went back into battle in holland and then germany and he always used to tell us about some of the sites he's seen particularly people starving and all the destruction and so i could understand from from his point of view why he said that and that that was sort of the the first influence and i'd always been a fairly positive person in life and you know if something happened I'd always sort of try and overcome whatever problems and get on with things and then as I mentioned earlier I had this stroke in 2015 which um, it was was quite a shock you know I wasn't expected or anything and um, I was just sitting here where in this this room in my office study if you like um, one lunchtime and I just suddenly sneezed four times on the trot and unbeknown to me that sort of triggered um there was a blood clot in in my lower part of my body and it made it move up to my brain and within a, a few minutes my head started feeling funny luckily I went downstairs and um then the next thing this side of my face round here just started going numb exactly like um at a dentist when you had an injection and you know, I didn't think that that was right. So I rang 111 and they they discussed what was going on and they said, yeah, you're, you're having a stroke. We're going to send an ambulance round. So within 10 minutes, an ambulance arrived. They they came and did some tests and said, yeah, we're going to take you to hospital. Can you stand up? And I just couldn't stood up because um, obviously it had affected me so much straight away. So I had to be put into a special chair, went into the ambulance, lights flashing, um, the siren going and it it was quite surreal uh, you know it could be quite frightening but I had a sort of inner peace that it was all going to be all right so got to the hospital they did some tests had a, a brain scan and so on and ended up on on the stroke ward and they gave me um, a thing called a, a, a clot buster which is meant to clear all the um, clot and make things uh, work again but for about 48 hours I was in quite a state quite quite ill and couldn't really move and um, there was a radio going on just playing some music that someone had brought in and I was it was the end of the first day I got there not I was quite bewildered not knowing what was going on and the song that came on the last song of the evening was uh, Michael Jackson's You Are Not Alone and I really felt that in a way I was sort of being spoken to there being told everything was going to be all right um that first night was probably the worst night's sleep ever i'd had in my life because they keep an eye on you quite closely they would take my temperature my blood pressure every hour checking it was okay and so on and then the, the radio was put on the next morning and the first song that came on was angels by robbie williams so again another sign that um you know someone was keeping an eye on me watching over me if you like 
and so um over the next few days i had to sort of recover obviously and the the hardest thing was i just not only could i not stand up at first but i couldn't walk and that was quite a shock to the system so um i had physiotherapists and various doctors and nurses all keeping an army and guiding me and eventually i was able to walk and each time i achieved something like that i i felt sort of thankfulness within me and and was quite glad and grateful that i'd, I'd actually made that progress so once you could get you walking as long as you could go up and down stairs okay that's when they discharge you so after 10 days in hospital i was discharged came home and that was only the start of it because i had another month's worth of a physio coming around to the house checking on me getting me to do more and more walking and eventually went up and down the garden then outside down the road a little bit bit further eventually around the block and um each time i made progress as i said i was thankful and from all that experience it sort of taught me to be grateful and thankful and appreciative of things that happen that everything i believe happens for a purpose and although something might be negative in the end there's always a positive side of things and whatever problem you face you can get over it so that's where the idea of the book came from that's amazing there mark it's so inspirational um there's a huge movement on gratitude mindfulness um, how do you see thankfulness um, comparing to that? Is it different? Is it the same thing? Well, it's a mixture, to be honest with you. Um, I know gratitude is quite a big thing, especially in America, and the idea of just being grateful or appreciative of what you have and so on. But I've, I call it thankfulness because I, I'd say it's a little bit deeper and more detailed than just sort of basic um, gratitude for for what you have um let me give you an example uh if you go into kitchen in your home you'll find a sink unit there with taps and so on um we often take for granted the idea that um you just turn on the tap and you've instantly got cold or hot water now with thankfulness i go a little bit deeper than that I i'm not just thankful for that but i think of the fact that we have running water that comes from somewhere from the river eventually and it goes through a water treatment uh, place and it's all treated and we get clean water we could be in a place where we don't have that run it, that water instantly we have to walk miles to the nearest river or stream we have to carry a, a bucket or something a container full of water back we spill some of it we don't know if the water's clean or not so we have to boil it and that takes time and then eventually we've got our water but here in the western world we've got water instantly just we turn a tap other things we can grateful for are all the different uses of water if you think about the fact that you have it not just for drinking you have it for washing cleaning uh, put it in the have it for the dishwasher have it for cooking and so on so that's something else that you can be thankful for so the more you go into one particular item or subject, you learn to be thankful for that. So that's the idea that I have of thankfulness. It's, it's something that you, you go into in great detail, if you like. And I explain this in the book about how to do that. But 
also the idea is um, if if you are thankful, it makes you a more positive person. So if there is a problem that comes up, you can see that there's a positive side to it that you can be thankful for, as well as on the surface, a negative side, if you like. So that's, um, you know, there's a, a big school of thought. Well, scientifically, they say that the more you train your brain with, with your synapses, um, then you can sort of re uh, and train your brain if you like to be a certain way so if you think positive more often then I guess that your brain would be sort of programmed to respond in that way so um, with the thankfulness do you have to do it on a regular basis a bit like meditation you, you have to keep doing it to see the benefits yes um, I mean it, obviously anything you do is, is up to you but I I practice it every day and and it, like anything that you you practice it becomes eventually becomes a habit and, and then eventually becomes part of your way of life if you like so um if you train your brain to think that way then it will do it automatically eventually so at first it might be hard but if you persevere practice it every day like like you do meditation or mindfulness then it becomes second nature and so on so there's been a lot of studies in the usa about thankfulness and gratitude um, can you tell us a bit about this? Yeah, um, there's a, a person called uh, Rick Hansen, who's a, a, a neurologist who's, who's done quite a lot of research. And he talks about the fact that your brain will take the shape of, of the thoughts that you put into it. So if you are thinking worrying thoughts, negative thoughts, if you like, your brain will take that shape. But on the other side, you can train your brain to think positive thoughts and then the the, the um, shape of the brain or the the neurons at the end will will change and he calls this neuroplasticity so he's one guy and then there's uh, a guy who's in um, the University of uh, Los Angeles I think uh, Robert Emmons who's probably the leading expert on um, gratitude and thankfulness who's done lots of studies and so on um, about this and he's written several books so i'll just give you an example if i just sort of read my my notes on this um uh for example in 2011 there was a study um where several people uh each wrote down what they they were thankful for on for, uh, for each day and this went on for a few days and there were other people who wrote down things that made them angry that day or, and so on. So the group that um, wrote down the thankfulness, the gratitude thoughts, found that they were sleeping much better than the group that um, wrote down the anger negative thoughts. And um, that was one study. Another study was, was in 2012, where um, it was by the University of Kentucky, where they found out that those who practiced thankfulness came out um, showing more empathy than those who didn't practice it and so on. And there's obviously lots of benefits that um, thankfulness uh, has. That's very interesting. It sounds very much like meditation, but it's more of a living uh, conscious meditation where you're awake in the real world, you know, practicing mindfulness, isn't it? So it's, it's, a, it's a great tool to use. So in your, in your book, you mentioned about keeping a diary to record your 
uh, thankfulness experiences. How important is this? Yeah, it, it is quite important. Um, they, they've, they use this as well in, in studies and they found that um, people who've recovering from depression or um, sort of uh, say uh, alcoholism or drug problems, if they keep a diary every day of something they can be thankful for or several things they can be thankful for on that day, um, that helps them to sort of recover quicker and become more positive people. Um, obviously, you don't have to do it, but uh, like, like all things, if, if you put things down to memory, quite often you forget them. But if you come back to them, you can read them again, maybe a few weeks later or a few months later, if you like. And it, it just sort of inspires you, if you like. Obviously, if you're not that way inclined, um, you don't have to do it. What I do, because I, I don't, you know often write things down like that but i i tr i make the effort at the end of the day just before i'm going to to bed is just to think of three things that i can be thankful for that have happened to me or that i've done during the day it might be some sort of action like um i managed to achieve something or it could be that someone's contacted me they haven't heard from a long time and i made a connection with with someone like that or it could just be um looking outside um your window looking at nature you saw a bird fly by or you appreciated um the view of some greenery or something so anything anything you like if you if you think of three things that you've you've done i find that helps calm you and then you you have a better night's sleep anyway so mark a million dollar question here is currently we're living in a lockdown situation Due uh, to the current coronavirus pandemic, both here in the UK and many countries across the world, what would you say you can still be thankful uh, thankful for in this situation? Yeah, that's, that's a good question because obviously there's a lot of negative things going on. People are very worried and concerned, and um, obviously, if if you've had the virus or you've known someone who's had it and someone who's died, it's it can be quite upsetting. And but on the other hand, um, there's a lot of advantages if you like or, or it's making people think about a life more in in more detail they've got more time because they're not going to work they're not going out and so they're thinking what's going on here and and it's helping change people's attitudes if you like some people see it as perhaps a start of of some sort of spiritual revolution if you like um because people are now sort of waking up to money isn't everything obviously it m might be difficult for you if you're not getting money in and so on so hopefully the government will be helping you out there but um if whatever happens to you there's lots of advantages that you can be thankful for the fact that um you're not rushing around as much um you're perhaps more relaxed about things um you're spending more time with your family than you might not have done in the past um you're seeing more of nature just going out for a walk each day you, you might notice how quiet it is there's, there's less traffic about obviously you might notice um birds flying about or the trees in blossom or something like that there's there's lots of things that you can be thankful for perhaps also that you're having a bit more time to do some reading and you can do some research or start a hobby and so on i actually wrote an article a couple of weeks ago which is on the spirits guide about 
things to do in, in lockdown in, in a practical sense. So perhaps if you want to look at that, that, that might give you some ideas. But anything that happens, I would say it might be negative on the surface, but there's always a positive side. And that's part of what the idea of, of the thankfulness is, book is all about, to learn to be positive in whatever situation you're in. Thank you for that, Mark. Um, what else can readers find in your book? Um, apart from sort of learning about thankfulness, the, the benefits and how, how it can help you and so on, I've actually put in some ideas for meditations or mindfulness that you can practice at home. Um, for example, uh, if you're going on a journey, some of the things that you can see um, perhaps out the window, if you're a passenger in a car or on a train or a bus or something, um, how to appreciate all that's around you. Or um, you, there's ideas that you can use for a start of a, a meditation, such as um, things like uh, gadgets or architecture or uh, members of your family or friends or nature or whatever there's there's always something around that you can be thankful for and I, I do feel that um people in in this situation with the lockdown are starting to appreciate um what they have got and perhaps um when it all all dies down and people are going out again that people will be a bit more appreciative of um things around them and and the freedom they have and so on so that you know there's always something that you can do and the book is is there as a sort of springboard if you like and it, it can help you to become a more positive person basically yeah thank you for that much very interesting and very useful information uh finally uh what other books have you written and or have you got on the horizon yeah i um i didn't mention earlier but i, I have been writing a book which has been mentioned on on the spirit guides website about myself called human being which is um a book i've been working on for quite a few years now that is sort of more or less ready and what i'm doing i'm hoping to find a publisher for that so that hopefully will will come out but it it's quite a an interesting book and hopefully quite a a, a chain a world-changing book in a, in a way um with my other hat i've actually got two transport-based books coming out this year obviously they're being put back because of all that's been going on but one is about road tunnels because that's something that's interests me and i've been working on that for quite a few years but I've, i found a publisher for that that's coming out hopefully in the autumn and then another one on on railways and railway stations and so on so i'm always got ideas for books and so on so um but obviously it's a, a bit frustrating for me because i did have a few talks booked and obviously they've had to be cancelled but it's great that I'm I'm doing this tonight because I can speak to people that way and, and tell them about the book there. Thank you Mark. So before we go um, how can people buy your book and where, where can they find it? All right well I've got the book here um, it's in two versions obviously you've got the printed version you can buy that from from the publisher which is hadleybooks.co.uk so we can we can still send those out to you, but obviously better and easier. You can actually buy it as an ebook, and that you can get that from HadleyBooks.co.uk, or you can buy it on Amazon um, for in the Kindle version. But I understand with Amazon, even if you haven't got a Kindle, you can still download it onto your tablet or your smartphone um, because they've got 
got the technology to do that. So it is freely available. And it, it, as a download, it's only only three pounds or as, as a printed book, only five pounds. So it's not too much money. And hopefully it's something that will help you in your life. All right. Well, thank you, Mark. It's been very interesting and I uh, really appreciate you coming on and letting us know about your book and your, and your story as well. I hope the story can help other people as well um, if they're going through something similar and uh, they're obviously worried about their health. So I appreciate that today. Thank you, Mark. All right. Thank you. And I've enjoyed that. Thanks very much. Okay.